and welcome to another All Japan Women's Destiny podcast episode. It's episode 31. It's from Russell Marine Pad 1989. I believe it's the first uh, Marine Pad show, if I'm not mistaken. I'm your host, JD. Uh, this is an offshoot podcast from the Red Leaf Retrocast, where we go over lots of women's wrestling, cover much of the Joshi scene, the growing scene, and cover a lot of historical uh, Joshi, whether we're learning about it for the first time, gaining context. Uh, something we're really proud of is our Joshi 2010s journey that you can find uh, for free over at the Big Egg Joshi podcast. It's a journey out of the dark ages through the 2010s. And if you want those episodes two weeks early, then consider signing up for the Patreon, patreon.com slash redleafretrocast. Uh, and over at the top tier, we have LLPW reviews and GD Star reviews, along with a lot of other projects that go along with a lot of content uh, from Ridley Retrocast. This show in the All Japan Women Classics uh, is the retirement of Chigusa Nagayo, and it really snuck up on uh, it really snuck up on the promotion. They were running high with Chigusa Nagayo on top, Crush Gals on top, and the i uh, the idea in context is they they really milked it for all it was worth until the mandatory retirement rule kicked in, and here in 1989, re- really it really began in in uh, with the retirements of Dump Matsumoto, Yukari Omori, and Devil Masami all happening kind of back to back to back. And now it's the next slew of their 80 stars that are all retiring, all kind of back-to-back again. You have Chigusa Nagayo here retiring. In a few months, you'll have Linus Asuka uh, effectively ending the Crush Gals in All Japan Women. And then you have one half of the Jumping Bomb Angels uh, retiring as well. And from that point forward, and uh, as these retire- retirements keep happening, the promotion goes through a massive change uh you see since a lot of the stars are gone you see a lot of the uh, attendance figures just plummet and it's up to the uh, booking (laughs) matsunaga brothers to try and make new stars and you go through a rough period for a couple years there and it's really it's really amazing uh when you look at it through the context of going through those through those months and and uh a year and two span over how fast the class of 86 and 87 develop into those stars that you'll get to know th- through the 90s, which we're covering on the Redley Frederick cast. We're currently in 1992, and hopefully this one catches up sooner rather than later, and you can start hearing those in real time. The retirement show at Russell Marine Pad uh, for episode 31. It's split into two. You'll get the second half on episode 32. The first half is a lot of Crush Gals trial series, kind of retirement matches. There's two rings. They have a big battle royal, which is just nonsense, filled with a lot of uh, international women talent. And of course, it's headlined by Nagayo versus Asuka. And one thing that's interesting is Chiyusa Nagayo is a double champion. (laughs) <laughs> you got the tag titles on the Crush Gals, and Asuka is the 3WA champion. 
essentially all these titles are going to be vacated. And it's quite interesting to see the fallout and how we get to the point and how fast Bull Nakano just seemingly takes over because there just simply isn't any stars to even remotely fill in the shoes of the Crush Gals. And nor would there be. But the lack of effort to push the next generation or at least get people ready simply wasn't there. And it's something that we're going to go extensively into as we go through these classic episodes. And upon rewatches, try to get some more uh, context and maybe we'll add some new audio to that. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the audio from Ridley Fretchercast as we go into this <laughs> very interesting classic episode. Enjoy. All right, Kay, it is the retro section of the podcast. Don't sound too enthusiastic about that. Well, I know what's I know what's coming eventually. So we have to be in the somber mood because we begin with the All Japan Women's Classics, episode 31. We've made it. We have. The somber Monte Cristo music of Devil Masami has busted us in to join in the retirement of Chigusa Nagayo. What a waste of a retirement, really. She shouldn't have had to retire. <laughs> well, so the stupid. rule is you become an old lady and you can't wrestle anymore. You're not, you're, 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 uh, you, you won't draw. <laughs> oh, no, apparently you won't, especially when you start your own promotion and it outdraws HJW. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you're, you're, you're deemed not attractive because you're old lady at 25. <laughs> you're not marketable I- anymore. <laughs> uh, just hang it up. That's, that's the old Japan women way. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why they went out of business. <laughs> yeah, so in 1989, where we're at, it is Russell, Russell Marine Piad. <laughs> Quite a name there. Yeah, 1989, Yokama Arena, May 6th, 1989. This takes place at the International... Uh, no, takes place in uh, Yokama Arena. I said, I said that. Uh, the first match on this All Japan Women's Classic, it is a whole show dedicated to Chigusa Nagayo and her retirement. It should be. And it's, it's Chigusa two, Nagayo. It's technically two matches. <laughs> technically, yes. Technically. Uh, match one is the International Super Battle Royal. 30 women, two rings. It was very, very interesting to look at those two rings and wonder why there was two rings. I was still very confused. They never used the second ring, really. Yeah, I mean, we don't know any of the rules. We just know a bunch of famous wrestlers have uh, come from all over the world to basically be a part of Chigusa Nagayo's uh, retirement show. And good God, Cat, do I gotta put you put a stop to this already? He's all over the place on the mic table. Wow, I know, th- I know, you're upset about Nagayo, but don't worry. When we get to Gaia, she'll make her return. <laughs> oh boy, will she? It's crazy how they just let her go. Hey, you make us a lot of money. You still make us a lot of money. Let's let you go. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like all these other wrestlers that went, <laughs> did not retire. They're just like, no, I'm in. I'm 25. I'm not old. <laughs> I'm going to continue doing cough, this. Cough, <laughs> cough, devil Masami. <laughs> yeah, right. 
one of my favorites. She she is my favorites now. But anyways, yeah, uh, thirty women. It was a heavy heavy cluster. Uh, the one that stood out to me was uh, the giant Matilda. That's the giant chick with the blue hair, right? Yeah, she is the giant American who was like six foot something, towering over all the women and eliminating a bunch of people, and nobody wanted any part of her. And then there was hey, the Bull Nakano, <laughs> right? Uh, Bill Nakano was obviously the star of the show for this battle royal. Oh, yeah, she was. And uh, there was a... Let's see, there was the Glamour Gals involved. I believe... I believe... No. Who else was there? I know I know. it was like all of the... <laughs> all the people under 23 were in the match that were in AJW. So it was uh, Hisaka Uno, otherwise known as Akira Hokuto. I think we saw that one. Yeah, yeah. We we saw the whole the whole slew of whom we'll see in the nineties. <laughs> so like uh, you'll be a star in like the next year. <laughs> right. Uh Erica Shishido, aka Aja, Aja Kong, later known right. as she was in there. Uh but it was That's it was Mohawk. Yeah, it it was the Gaijin show, Bull Nakano, and and um not because it, it, it came down to the Marine Wolves and Bull Nakano and a few others. The last two, I believe, was Nakano and um, Hoda's partner. I forget her name. Minami, I think. Minami, yeah. It was her. It was her partner. Yes. So it came down to her, and uh, just an interesting little thing where Bull Nakano ended up. Uh, everybody was. It was kind of faction, good guys versus bad guys, trying to eliminate each other. People just getting in the ring whenever they want. <laughs> so it was quite crazy. There, there was no structure to it. It was, it was pinfall submission over the top rope. It was the whole shebang. Um, I did, I did get a kick out. You see this in a lot of J- Japanese battle Royals where somebody will get a pin and like four of the people will fly on top. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's great. It's like dog pile. So it's, it's a spectacle. It's, it's definitely nothing to write home, home about. Uh, I didn't have many notes for it other than it was just, int- it's always interesting to kind of try to pick people out of the crowd, basically. Except for Bull Nakano going into the second ring, bouncing off the ropes, only to run, stop, climb the turbuckle, run across the ropes and jump on somebody. That did happen. It was, it was a whole popping circumstance that we all laughed at. We're like, why did she go in and out, run the ropes, and then on the way back, I thought she was going to pull a sting from the War Games match. He tries to do the dive over over the ropes, across, in ring, uh, over the another, but she just kind of veers right, goes up the turnbuckle, and awkwardly jumps. <laughs> I was like, was, okay. She, she stops. She runs, stops, then climbs the turnbuckle. My theory like, is oh. she's like, I'm going to do that, and then when she started running on the way back, she's like, I have no chance of making this. <laughs> and Changed that's not happening. <laughs> so, let's get to these... Nagayo retirement series because what happens is it's the crush gals it's her and lioness asuka and they're just taking on uh every future wrestler uh, or at least the ones that are currently going at it in all japan women so i'm just gonna it, it was it was just they go quick couple minutes to a fall move on crush gals face another until inevitably uh they go off against each other one last time right so akira hokuto Mitsuki, uh, Mitsuko uh, Nishiwaki, uh, Yumiko Hota, and Suzuki Minami, which is interesting because they swapped partners. Yeah, they did, didn't they? It was yeah, weird. the Fire Jets and the Marine Wolves had different partners. Itsuki Yamazaki and Norio Tateno, so no surprise there, jumping bomb angels. 
And then the uh, the last ones was uh, Bull Nakano and Yumi Ogura, uh, the uh, split faction from Gokwaku Domei. I forget what Bull Nakano's faction was called, actually. Uh, I had I had the name of it when uh, I did it on my podcast when I talked about AJW, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, not yeah. remember I just, the top I of my head. Yeah, I don't recall what the exact name was, but... I can't remember um, the top of my head. And then Asuka defeated Nagayo as the go-home, and it's kind of funny because she's... You can kind of... It's almost like, hey, I'm retiring in like four months, so I guess I'll see you soon. <laughs> yeah, it was very much like, a, listen, you're gone now, I'll be gone in like a couple months. This is all pointless. Yeah. So, from a historical standpoint, it, it, it's, it's a lot of things. This spirals so many events uh, for the next ten years in women's wrestling throughout the world. Yeah, it's surprising how big of a deal Chikusa Nagayo leaving AJW became. Because JWP at the time was pretty neck and neck at times with AJW. But then Gaia showed up, and that just pretty much stuck a lot of nails into AJW. Like, they'd put on grid matches. Their attendance would be great, but Gaia was just the bigger deal. Because so, Chikusa was there. So. Yes, yeah, so 1989, you have, as, as we've spoken, as we've gone the last few episodes on this, why this is very important. Uh just over these last couple of years, and especially in 1989 specifically, AJW gets hit with a lot of retirements at once. All their stars are retiring. The Jumping Bomb Angels, at least one of them, not far behind. Uh, Asuka's not far behind. Nagayo here. We had... Uh, uh, we had Masami, uh, I think, two years prior, or the year prior. We had Dump uh, Matsumoto. Mats- Matsumoto... And, 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 uh, uh, what, what's her, what's her, what's her, what's her face? The Pompadour and, um, fuck, uh. whatever her name was. Who cares? <laughs> I'm striking her from my memory. I didn't like her that much. <laughs> she was not very good. You're correct. Regardless, she was a former champion and she, to, at, at least from what we could tell, draw some money. She was at the top of the card uh, and she held that thing for a while. Um, but regardless, they're all gone and Nagayo is kind of the it's it's almost like it's the final splinter in the fracture that was building because she was their biggest star. She was the biggest star in women's wrestling. She had the crowd, she got the pop. She got that Road Warrior pop, which <laughs> in Japan would be the Nagayo pop, right? Oh yeah, no, her pop was so she had I mean just listen to her matches. The crowd constantly chants Nagayo, Nagayo. Or yes. Shigusa, Shigusa. It's 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 nuts. She would get that throughout the entire match. Whenever she did anything, she put something in a headlock and she got a giant pop. Yeah. If I got my timetable right, uh, JWP uh, quote-unquote starts in about 88. Uh, I think you can track it to 86 in technicality. Uh, yeah, about there. 85 if you're being super-duper technical. Right. So in 88, when all these retirements started happening in AJW with people more at the top of the card, uh, you start to see JWP rise more and more. And when Masami gets there, at least from from my opinion, what I've been able to read, that's when it starts to really take off and JWP starts to develop their own stars. So then just a year or two from now, 91, 92, that's when... JWP starts striking more large-end deals with advertisers. Uh, I, I believe they had a television deal, if I'm not mistaken, Kay. Yeah, they get a television mm-hmm. deal. 
Um, Masami uh, signs on full time there. Uh, Dynamite Kansai is a name that really pops in. Uh, their first real homegrown star, and they just take off. And... As well as uh, Maimi Ozaki, Kyuji Suzuki. Right. Uh, just they just had stars there. They would even have Aja Kong once they started doing the the sort of like interpromotional stuff. Aja Kong would get a bigger reaction there than she did in AJW, which was, I mean, she got a big reaction regardless, but she sure. seemed like she was on a bigger stage because of how the dynamics were starting to shift. But the point being is all this really began with the retirement of Chigusa Nagayo and this uh, mandatory 25-year-old retirement age. And then shh, we're, we're going to go through this. We're going to go through a, n- a number of other retirements. We still got one half of the Jumping Bomb Angels, and Lion Asuka, just in 1989, 1990. And, and then, an interesting... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Uh, so an interesting it. point to, to sort of point out is this sort of... The, the catalyst for what broke this all was Chigusa, but you could trace it to Jackie Sato joining JWP and sort of envisioning and putting that promotion on track, her and Kandori, before they sure. split it. Like that, right there was probably the start of everything. And then when you just keep going on, you start seeing the 25 year old Robbie. That's why they had to stop it, right? They stopped it almost immediately after all of this because they weren't, they didn't produce big enough stars to keep going. And then Jaguar Yakota leaves. And they're like, oh shit, what do we do now? Right. So, uh, Masami Sato, them getting Kandori, uh, whom. On this journey of AJW Classics, AJW tried to get Kandori first, and it didn't Damn. happen. Exactly. Uh, and, I, and I watched that, and I didn't know that. I thought she was just always part of JWP. Uh, but no, there, there was an actual angle shot with Chigusa Nagayo uh, to do something with Kandori, and then JWP got her. So this, to me, this is the crux in time. This is when the splinter occurred officially and it kickstarts jwp it kickstarts ajw really changing their ways uh because they lose i don't want to say half their audience like immediately but you might as well put a high end over exaggeration on it because their loss in this was so drastic they end up losing television deals their attendance just spikes in the wrong direction uh it's just one thing after another and they successfully uh, created their own competition because of what happened. And this is where the TV, it starts. Yeah, the TV deals thing would be to like 99 and then 2002 would be when they lose their second TV deal. Uh, I but thought this they is had of, to constantly keep changing time slots over time because of this, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Um, from what I was able to read when I was like, doing research on it, the first TV deal was changed in 98, but then it was canceled in 99 because the ratings were down. Mm-hmm. And then they renegotiated for a worse time slot, and then it right. got canned in 2002. Okay. And this is to be trying to remember off the top of my head, but I believe that's exactly the, the sort of timeline of things. This also around the time, 99, when, when they lost their dojo and filed for bankruptcy yeah, and so all we're that far, stuff we're, going on. we're very far and away from that. Uh, but the more interesting part, at least from a positive spin, I guess, is... Kind of when we get past these next few months of uh, what we're going to go through on these classics, because this is going to be a tougher time. Cat, I'm super serial. <laughs> You're super serial. Jeez, I'm super serial. I've been watching a lot of South Park lately. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> uh, uh, 
is the rise of the stars of the nineties in, in, in which, uh, you are, and a lot of people are more familiar with your, uh, your Toyotas Hokuto becomes the Hokuto that you do see in the pictures. Um, you see Bull Hota Nakano. come come in. Uh, uh, Bull Nakano starts to break out into uh, a true top of the card star, where she's not uh, second fiddle to the stars of the '80s. And, and Ajikong as well. Yamada Toshiro Yamada breaks out. It's don't let the doom and gloom of their bad decisions affect the fact that they did keep sta- they kept a good attendance. It was declining over time, but they kept a good attendance, and they still had very good matches in attendance. And uh wrestlers talent yes and and from an in-ring standpoint we're only gonna see heavy heavy improvement uh which is very it's it's very fun uh that we're gonna be able to see that now including the rise of the two other promotions uh kind of like what we're what we're doing with our new japan retro watch uh with all japan changing and and passing up we're gonna see jwp and eventually gaia jwp obviously obviously first uh, we're gonna see some of their matches, and uh, I, guess, I guess we'll get some compare and contrast on on the older stars to the newer stars, and the uh, contrast of styles, and maybe the those older stars learning some new tricks. I can't wait for Gaia. Gaia is just that's some good shit right there. Yeah, hopefully we can find um find the matches, but I I think for the more important ones, because this is what these classics are: the more important matches, historical pieces over time, learning the history. Uh, I'm very excited, and and that's and speaking of history, let's get to this last match because we did a special viewing match similar to what we did in episode 30. Uh, this time we're going back. Uh, we're doing more Devil Masami because, <laughs> come on, this is my podcast after all. We gotta do my favorites. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> and I love her. I, I love what she did. I'm very fascinated by by the character, the stature, the moves. And someone that we didn't get to see on this journey very much of. She was in episode one of the All Japan Classics, and she shortly retired just after that. And that is Monster Ripper, a former champion herself in her own right. And have you ever seen Monster Ripper prior to this match here? I have not seen any matches of hers. Uh, I can't say that I've seen many pictures of her either, which is weird. Um, But... This is like the first batch I think I've seen of her, and she's a, a real mean bitch. Lives up to that reputation she got for herself, that's for sure. Absolutely, and this was in the heart of that uh, uh, Jackie Sato had just retired, um, you know, because she was an old lady out of touch, right? And all that stuff. Oh, yeah, it's so <laughs> old. It's ancient, ancient. So we're down to the power three of Ripper, Masami, and uh, Yakota of this era, and in the middle of this, as Yokota is going through her amazing title run, Masami and Ripper are going at each other's throats, and that led to a chain match, not unlike a dog collar match. And this could be, I can't confirm, but I could not find something earlier in this, this is the earliest form of a death match in Joshi Wrestling. I believe you're right. I do know that there was a cage match in the 70s. I just don't remember who was in it, but I do know that there was one in the 70s that was done. Uh, but I guess that's not really a death match. No, it's just a cage match. I, I don't count that. Uh, death matches, I, you know, there's gimmicks involved uh, that you hit each other with shit and that kind of stuff. So in this, in this case, the hitting each other is with the chain. And as opposed to a dog collar, which the chain is wrapped around your neck, uh, this is wrapped around their wrists. And 
being that it was a first of its kind, you really have to put your mindset in, this is 1983, I believe it was November, uh, <laughs> women's wrestling uh, had come a very long way in just five to seven years. You really put a spin on it, because it was originally, you know, more or less a carnival show. And then it was very, very basic uh, mat wrestling, and now we've taken it up a notch, right? Now we've right. gotten to the NWA type era, the the 80s of women's, uh, of, of just wrestling. And it's a lot of choking, it's a lot of walk and brawl, um, and just a lot of just mean bitches hitting each other in the face with a chain. They're not whipping each other with it, mind you. They're not, like, pulling each other over the rope, choking, you know, hanging them. They're not doing any of that. Uh, and you can tell there was a lot of just, what do we do now? Because it, it's just so different. Yeah, you saw minds. a lot of that. Yeah, it was very, it was very different. Um, I almost feel like they were calling it on the fly just because they didn't know how to do something like that. It felt like that to me, at least. Yeah, they did get busted open, which is both of them. Which is, you know, you don't see a lot of people what women bleed, especially just putting your modern a modern set of twenty twenty cents. Like, for example, Kay, <clears throat> you watch a Cody Rhodes match. He's bleeding like stuffed pig, like almost like he has to do it. It is requirement. It's it's a checkbox off the tally, right? Right. But then if you go to, like, a Hikaru Shida, I don't know, Britt Baker match, right? Uh, earlier in 2020, Britt Baker's nose got busted open, and she started bleeding, and they just embraced it. They thought it was the coolest fucking thing in the world. But you don't see them gigging, right? They're not cutting themselves. Oh, no, no. They're not Ice Ribbon. <laughs> or, or, more specifically, Risa Sarah. <laughs> they're, they're not pulling a Risa Sarah. But that's what makes Risa Sarah so interesting, is... She's not afraid to bleed. In fact, she wants to. Uh, same oh, no, thing she with very much wants to. Same thing with Re, uh, Rina Yamashita. <laughs> right? Yeah, she seems to, she seems to like she does death matches. I did not know how many death matches she did, but she likes death matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in your Western wrestling, uh, you don't see them bleed too often. It, it's almost oh. frowned upon. Uh, you go to a stardom match, you're not going to see anyone bleed. Oh, except for the one time Tommy like got busted well, up in hard oops. way, right? Oops, hard <laughs> way. But they're, right. you know, they're they're not trying to make blood part of the story. That's kind of what I'm driving at. No, there's no Miyako Matsumoto's in the Western scene. Right, there's none of that. So I, I found that's why I found this match a little bit more interesting. The blood was supposed to add to the feud, add to the the violence of it. The chain, you know, they can't uh, they can't escape each other. I mean, I loved how Monster Ripper they all get flowers beforehand. Uh, Masami's coming out full Monte Cristo and Monster Ripper takes those flowers. She just fucking hits everyone with the flowers, throws it in the audience, get that shit away from me. <laughs> no, Love she it. was a real mean bitch. I like that. It was great. Yeah, it was good. It was good mean bitch style. Uh, not the most exciting thing in 2020 eyes, but from a kind of historical fascination standpoint, uh, I, st I do say that a lot in this podcast where the match, you know, isn't anything great, but... If you're interested in, I would say, historical spectacles, uh, I would say uh, check this one out. It's a very quick little 18-minute thing. It's, you know, it's not long. 
you'll learn something, basically. And it's a piece of I history. Use, I use one word to describe this match. It's raw. It's very much so, yeah. There you go. Uh, I haven't looked up what episode 32 is, but it wouldn't shock me if there's another re retirement. <laughs> one Linus Asuka comes to mind. Yeah. So we've spent a long uh, enough time on All Japan. 